0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, February 10th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work over at Just Baseball, so check out that website. Or you might be familiar with my Twitter. If you're not, go check that out at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you want, I tend to tweet some pop culture stuff on there, some dumb comic book things and memes and... Honestly, just dumb posts. Uh, if you want Padres exclusive stuff only, go at LO underscore Padres. Also, check out the YouTube, Locked On Padres. Today's episode, guys, is brought to you also by FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We got a lot to discuss, ladies and gentlemen. I was planning. It's it's so funny to me. After all these years, you'd think I'd get used to it. I have been begging A.J. Preller to murder me mercilessly. I've asked him to shoot my head with a with a cannonball. I've asked him to rip my spine out like the Predator. I've asked him to do everything. And every time, I'm like, okay, that was the last big move. You know what I mean? All right, all right. Let's just get ready for bed. You, Darvish. And the San Diego Padres, six years, $108 million contract extension, and the reason why this was was kind of surprising is because, and I was also planning to do this, is talk about Manny Machado and his potential contract extension. You know, kind of uh, Ken Rosenthal over The Athletic, he wrote a piece about Manny Machado's potential contract extension, why he thought it was going to happen. That was what today's episode was going to be. But instead we're talking about Yu Darvish, and this isn't... A shot at reporting and rumors but it just shows you like how funny it is how often sometimes that we're going to be all focused and rumored and reported on one thing even if those rumors and reports you know have validity and they're they're, they're salient points that are made by ken rosenthal which we'll talk about on monday probably um that then something completely out of left field seemingly happens and that's Yu darvish getting extended uh for a, a very long time and i have a lot of thoughts on this and they're going to be perhaps a little bit jumbled because it is very exciting. And I I think that, you know, as a Padres fan, and if you've been following this team, this team is just, it just continues to make moves. It, It refuses to stop. It just, once it gets going, it can't be stopped. They're the juggernaut of baseball when it comes to, you know, big moves and I'm really enjoying it. And with this contract, I imagine some listeners, you know, they might be expecting, all right, what's he going to get? It's going to be, it's a steal, or it's it's a disaster. What are you doing? He's going to be 42. Are you insane? I, I like many other people, am still kind of coming to grips with it. I don't know fully how I feel about it. But one thing I do know is, Yu Darvish has been a phenomenal pitcher. Uh, he's been a phenomenal pitcher for a long time. And in terms of just blockbuster stardom, he's the biggest star pitching-wise on the San Diego Padres. Don't get me wrong, Joe Musgrove is like more of a padre because, you know, Udarvish, he did well with the Cubs, he had moments with the Texas Rangers, his career in Japan, which he's about to show even more with the World Baseball Classic rosters getting announced. Don't get me wrong, he's not necessarily, I don't know if as of now, yet, you never know how this is going to transpire with six more years, I don't think people will associate him with the Padres first. That's just me though, you never know how things go. Joe Musgrove, people will associate with the Padres, right? Because of the no-hitter and whatnot. But anyway, going off on a little bit of a tangent there. First of all, let's talk about it. Six years, $108 million. That's $18 million per year. The AAV on that is not all that high, and some people have pointed out, well, hey, I mean, compared to some other pitchers in the league, in terms of ERA, in terms of FIP, some of the just keeping the ball in the ballpark, you know, that's better than someone like Garrett Cole, who's costing about $35 million a year. And I know that it's very easy. I love how everyone will bring up Garrett Cole. You know what I mean? Garrett Cole is like the poster boy for like, this guy got overpaid. Let's talk about how our guys are better. What I always feel bad for the guy, but he's making like $35 million a year. There's worse things in, in life than people to be mean to you on the internet but <laughs> while making $35 million. But I think that it is, it is a fair point to make. And I think that in terms of the amount, the contract amount, $18 million a year is not that bad for a pitcher that has been extremely effective for a long time. Um, and even when he's been at his worst – it's not like the worst pitcher in baseball. I think that the worst year I've ever seen Yu Darvish have was that first year with the Cubs, I believe. Yeah, in 2018, we had a 4.95 ERA. His expected ERA was bad. His FIP was bad. I don't know what happened there. I still don't know what happened. And I don't think anybody does, in fact. Because then the very next year, he improved uh, to a 3.98, and then he kind of reverted to the Yu Darvish that we know now. Oh, man. Some people, someone actually reached out to me on Twitter saying, um, at Evan Burner one two three. Hi Javier. I heard you're a, pot, a huge Padres guy. Why would the Padres do this? This seems like a bad idea at first glance. And there, there's so many aspects of this deal that need to be talked about. Let's first talk about Darvish as a performer with the Padres. And I already mentioned that you know that 2019 season or a 2018 season was like the worst I've seen, and I still can't believe how bad he was. And it was so frustrating that you know very tired old. Dudes, you know, were coming on and saying, Well, I saw him in the World Series, and if I saw that, I wouldn't want to pay him. Like taking playoff games, which famously is not very indicative of how, whether or not you should pay a player, just ask Pablo Sandoval and the Red Sox about that. You know what I mean? Guy goes off of the playoffs, sticks to the regular season. It was a disaster. So that's not always great. And then he, he proved them right by having a bad season. I think that with Darvish. It would be unfair for me to immediately call this a great win for the Padres, considering that I have been very critical of other pitchers that have been signed um, to big deals. right? And I know that those pitchers did well. Max Scherzer being one of them. And I was critical of it because I just didn't think it was a slam dunk. I am just reticent to pay anybody past a certain age. I don't know if that's something that should be more um, attributed to batters rather than pitchers. Or I still think that it's an age thing because Max Scherzer is just one of the greatest pitchers ever. So if you're going to make a gamble on somebody, it's Max Scherzer. Same thing for Justin Verlander and his um, contract that he got with the Mets. With you, Darvish, he's not on those guys' levels, but, and this is one the thing I put out on Twitter, is that he is known for being this incredibly hard, like, incredible work ethic and just an incredible attention to detail. He's got 12 pitches that he utilizes apparently uh, whenever he feels like it. He is a tinkerer. And I think that because of that there are worse players to take a bet on aging gracefully, right? 18 million dollars a year. There's going to be other pitchers who are going to get paid more than that, right? You're going to see Aaron Noah this next offseason. He's going to make a ton of money and he's a great pitcher, but you know, that guy relies on different type of pitches, so it it depends on who we're talking about here. With Darvish, one of the things that I really liked about him last year is just how focused and how much more improved everything about his pitches were. I don't want to go into necessarily the the nitty-gritty details. I want to kind of do save uh, player previews for a little bit later on as we head to five episodes a week next week. But one of the the biggest things, and to simplify everything, is that, yes, Yu Darvish's strikeout rate was way lower last year than his career norm. But he also stopped walking, guys, and he just stopped throwing as many pitches, and he went deeper into games. And for me, I kind of like that he showed that he was making up for the fact that maybe he's not going to create as many swings and misses anymore. That's a little bit of a kind of a, what's the word? That's a a nice thing to see when you're wondering whether or not a player is going to age better, right? Especially for pitchers, at least. That's just my opinion. So I do like that. I think that if you're going to take a gamble on a guy, that makes sense. Another thing with why this U Darvish deal makes sense is that the Padres, um, you know, they're they're a little bit struggling right now uh, in terms of pitching depth, and that's one of the things that another episode I was gonna do is preview the Padres rotation, and you have to wonder if that's why the Padres also wanted to make this extension. You do have to wonder that. But before guys, we get into the rest of that, I didn't realize how much how long I'd been talking. Let me quickly mention to you guys. I already said them at the top of the show and they are awesome. Love them very much. Shout out to the folks over at FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner, guys, for Locked On because they're number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. That's right. Super Bowl's on Sunday. Wild, right? Again. AJ Peller just coming out of nowhere with this Darvish news. Super Bowl, NBA trade, all that. He doesn't care. He's going for it. You know what I mean? You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And look, I like stuff like that. I love all the weird bets that you can do. I love betting on stuff like coin tosses, and that's probably what I'm going to be doing with FanDuel uh, this coming Sunday. If I could bet on whether or not you know there was a movie chair that'd be shown, you know maybe I'd do that, stuff like that. that's That's what I always find to be very fun about the Super Bowl. Guys, Um, feel free to uh, check that out, ladies and gentlemen, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Let's keep moving, ladies and gentlemen. The second point I wanted to bring up regarding Mr. Davish, on top of just his... uh, uh, Stats that I was mentioning before. On top of the fact that I think he did age very well last year. on top of his um, work ethic. Because of the Juan Soto trade. Because of the Yu Darvish trade. Because of the Blake Snell trade. Remember Luis Patino? That was a top prospect for the Pirates at one point. Because of the Juan Soto trade with Mackenzie Gore. People might, you know, it's, it's almost forgotten at this point. Like, Mackenzie Gore was a Rookie of the Year candidate. And he was a big part of why the Pirates' rotation was awesome um, last year. Until he was dealt. The Padres don't really have a lot of depth in the farm system right now. And I think that, you know, with Dylan Lesko, some prospects like that, they aren't necessarily feeling like sure things. They're just interesting. Oh, okay, maybe the Padres have some guys that might be a little bit better than we thought. And maybe they'll be able to at least become, you know, not a bottom five farm system, right? Maybe they're going to squeak into the top 18? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, at least they'll be past that. That seems to be the vibe for the Padres farm system right now, being led, of course, by Jackson Merrill, a batter. Shortstop, specifically. Um, look, I think that one of the biggest questions heading into the season was the Padres rotation, and heading into next season, it was even more so the Padres rotation, with only Joe Musgrove and Nick Martinez kind of on the books, and Nick Martinez being more of a his strength really is being a relief pitcher. When you see the difference in ERA from 4.2 to like 2.5, like it's a huge difference when he's in the bullpen. And, you know, Blake Snell is going to be a free agent. you Darvish is going to be a free agent. So it makes sense to say, okay, maybe that's why they extended him. They want to have a little bit more lockdown. You have Musgrove and Darvish now outside of 2023, which is good. I think that that's a fine one-two punch to have. And I think the Padres might be scared that maybe they don't know what they could trust out of their farm system. Ryan Weathers comes up to the major leagues, struggles. He wasn't any good. You know what I mean? Ryan Weathers, all of a sudden, it just blows up in the second half of 2021 and then gets sent back down to AAA. If you pull up MLB.com, he ain't even in the top 30 prospects anymore. Ryan Weathers might have just had, like, the luckiest first half that we've seen from a pitcher, like, ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, he might have just had, like, an unbelievably lucky first half. And he's really not all that good. That seems to be what, ha- what's ha- what has happened here. The Padres are clearly built for winning now. And that should be appreciated. That should be respected, even if there are some ugly things about the roster. With all the Fernando Tatis Jr. drama, yes, the Eric Hosmer ground ball gremlin stuff was annoying. Yes, Sandra Bogarts is going to be getting paid until he's forty. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be paid until he's like thirty-six. Like I get it. Like there's, there's, it's not as pristine and pretty of a roster necessarily when it comes to depth and when it comes to not worrying about guys being on your team into their forty season. I get that. But overall, it's still nice to see them trying, especially given the history of this franchise for being a Milwaukee Brewers-type organization, being an Oakland A's-type of organization that would not spend money. I mean, we started from not paying Chase Headley to, all right, what's next? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're extending, guys, and now we're wondering, all right, when's Manny Machado getting extended? It's crazy to see the turnaround that the Padres have had. And I'm I know that's been said by many people, but I have to keep saying it because it's just satisfying to say for one and it's true it has to be keep re- repeated just how much the sidlers and aj preller have changed this organization around and i think that it's this leads to now you know some of the negatives about the deal number 1 was there anyone necessarily bidding against the padres I had not heard really, you know, are, were they worried, is this guy going to go out and be incredible, age 37? Did they think that a team after this was going to offer him a six-year deal? Or did they, because I thought that if U Darvish went out and was awesome again this year, the way he was last year, that maybe teams would give him like a three-year deal, you know? Maybe they were just worried about a team like the Mets swooping in, a team like the Yankees or whoever, swooping in being like, we'll pay you three years, 90, or whatever it is. So they thought, we'll give you the years albeit on less annual value. And that's what I guess that they decided to do. But bottom line is, it's a long-term commitment until you're 42, right? And you, Darvish, has had moments where he was poor. I already talked about the 2018 season, but 2019 with the Padres, granted... It was mostly in the second half, and it might have been a little bit of a back issue, right? He might have been having these injuries that he was nursing on the side. I think 2022 uh, supports that, given how long he went into the games, right? That maybe he was just kind of hurt in 2021, especially considering in 2021 that the Padres' pitching rotation went through a bunch of crap. bullpen started getting tired out. It, it, it was a mess in, in every way. We don't, Let's not talk about that season anymore. But even in 2021, his ERA was a 4.22, but expected ERA, 3.3. His FIP was 3.9. Not the worst in the world. And overall, a 2.9 F4, that's not too bad, right? Even if he was just a first half kind of merchant, dare I say, in 2021, that's still a pretty solid thing. And if he does that towards the later days of this contract, when it's like year four or whatever, that's not too bad. You know what I'm saying? I just wonder how many prime years are you getting out of this? It's going to be tricky. I think it's mostly that the Padres don't have a farm and they're worried about getting other pitchers, but still, it's, it's a fair complaint. The next biggest thing is this. I have been criticizing the Padres about this for years, and they don't listen to me for better or worse. The Padres get a little bit, you know, like the carrot being dangled in front of them when it comes to the star blockbuster names. Juan Soto, Eric Hosmer once upon a time. Adam Frazier and I know he wasn't a blockbuster name but he was all-star Adam Frazier you know what I mean you you have Joey Gallo once upon a time they were interested in another podcast I'm gonna be talking about in the future by the way is former players that were Padres trades targets and just where they are now just to give you guys a little peek under the hood um what was I saying that's right um they get they get really swayed by all these big time names, and they haven't necessarily settled for some of those under the radar names. Something like a Michael Conforto, someone like a uh, a Jack Peterson at the trade deadline from a couple years ago, right? And someone like a Mitch Haniger, someone like a what are the infielders are out there. I don't know. I can't. I don't have any off the top of my head, but they tend to be like, let's go and get those superstars. There is a fair complaint to be made that. Well, yes, you have Darvish and Musgrove locked down, but the back of your rotation's scary. Already talked about Martinez, already talked about Snell. You got Seth Lugo, who is more of a reliever. You're trying to expect him to be the fifth spot. That's a little scary, right? We don't know how that's going to pan out. Should they have opted for, let's see who's a free agent next year, and instead go out and pay a Michael Waka type, go out and pay a Nate Ivaldi type, right? These okay pitchers that aren't going to blow you know, blow everyone away, but they will be solid, and they will definitely throw innings. Your, you know, um, who's that guy was that was on the Yankees and is on the Cardinals now? Jordan Montgomery types, right? Guys that just can fill innings and be effective, give you like a two and a half war season and whatnot, might not have the upside, but you know what you're getting from them, and as a result, you won't be in the situation of where you have to start Jake Arrieta, Vince Velasquez, and Ryan Weathers again, even though he's getting lit up every start, right? You won't be in those situations. And it's a fair criticism. I think that, in general, the Padres do get a little bit, you know, they they get mesmerized by the star power. And I think that sometimes that's a good thing. I don't think that that should be dismissed outright. But I am wondering how this contract is going to age. I am. Um, And I am wondering, what does this mean about contract extensions for guys like Juan Soto, guys like Manny Machado, or, in general, the rest of the team? The Sidlers have shown no... Sign of slowing down, or that we are just pumping the brakes, right? Done with the Eric Hosmer thing, right? But it just goes to show you that I am still wondering. At some point, even with all the money that's been spent, when are when is when is the break? When are the brakes going to be pumped a little bit? The Padres are certainly showing that if you pay money, fans will come out to see. They have top five fan base attendance, and they broke that record last year that they used to have, and I think the last time that they had it so high was like 05, 06, or maybe 98. I don't know. Um, They're probably going to break that this year. Uh, They're probably going to be like a top three attendance team. They're going to be up there again. It's going to be incredible, right? We'll see what happens. The Mets are going to be up there, right? The Yankees are probably going to be up there. The Dodgers, teams like that, right? But Overall, man, I mean, the Padres are going to be up there, so maybe they're just trying to make this the new Padres, that this is a team that's going to be like this for a long time, that this isn't just a flash in the pan, hey, remember when they did that type of thing? Um, And and it's it's exciting, but you do have to wonder, um, at one point, when is this going to affect things? Does this mean anything with Manny Machado? I don't know. Does it mean that they think that Manny Machado is going to be asking for, uh, you know, 10-year deal, and they're like, whoa, we don't necessarily want to do that, is it going to be past, you know, $350 million? so they said, alright, we don't necessarily think we could do that, let's lock down starting pitching, since we already have your Tatis, we have Soto for two more years, then we have Bogarts, right, you, you still got Jake Cronenworth going through the, the years of control that he has right now, maybe that's what they're thinking, I don't know. I don't know. It's a very important question, guys. But before we keep continue and uh, kind of finish talking about this, ladies and gentlemen, let me quickly talk to you about built bar. Oh man, I love built bar. I've been talking about these things forever. You know, everyone's gonna be eating, you know, wings and hot dogs this Sunday. I suggest you check out a built bar, though, ladies and gentlemen, because you might not want all the fat and calories. I personally have been working out recently. I've been trying to eat healthy. I did get myself a little grilled cheese with a little. Grilled cheese donut. I know. Some grilled cheese factory by me and it was great. I did do that. But even still, next time when I'm getting a little bit of sweet tooth, I want to have a Built Bar instead, guys. You know why? Because they're healthy for you and they taste oh so good. Oh so good, ladies and gentlemen. Covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. And all sorts of flavors. You want churro? Sure, they got it. Peanut butter brownie? Yeah. Coconut almonds? Or my personal favorite, Cherry barcia. (laughs) Oh! And they... Pop up with new flavors every now and then. Kind of like Ben and Jerry's has like a flavor for everything. Well, Bilt Bar's a little bit like that, too. Only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I might hit, have one of the, you know, do my workout, have one of these bad boys. I'm telling you guys. It's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of uh, Built Bilt Bars. You can even get four pack past- Four bar boxes of cookies and cream and whatnot. Cookies and cream is another fantastic flavor. So, guys, go check out Built Bar. It is fantastic. And they've been a long-time sponsor of the show, so shout-out to Built Bar. One of the best bars that aren't candy but tastes like candy that you will ever have. I.E. protein bars. They're really good. Go check them out, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to start winding down. But before... We wind out. I just want to quickly kind of finish up and talk about uh, Darvish a little bit longer. I wanted to mention, what did I want to mention? Oh no, this is what happens when you run out of your notes. What happened to my notes? See, this is what happens when my thing just freezes. That's not good. Mm, I don't know, like that. But anyway, one of the things that I was talking about was how what does this mean for Manny Machado? And I don't really know. I, I like I don't know if this means that they're not extending him long-term. I think that this is pitching versus batting. I, I don't think that it changes things on that end so dramatically. I, I just don't see that. Um. I do see that there's a potential that this, that this ends poorly. I think that the Padres have to be very careful with how much money they're handing out. Um, But in terms of free agents and in terms of pitchers out there, Maybe they think, all right, we like Aaron Nola, but he's getting paid too much. You know what I'm saying? We want to take the upside of a Yu Darvish and get him for less than what he might go for on the open market, which, like I said, there might be a team that goes out there if Yu Darvish does well and says, we'll give you three years 90, right? Like a really beefy contract, even if for just shorter amount of years, but the average annual value is lower. In terms of AAV, for a pitcher of this stature and potential, it's... It's a decent enough discount. It's decent enough. And I think that that's really important. I'm really curious to see how he also pitches at a, the World Baseball Classic, if you guys did pay attention um, or weren't seeing. Uh, all the rosters got announced yesterday. Padres have a ton of players going. They've got Luis Garcia going. They've got Nick Martinez. I know. I'm starting out with a little bit of lower teams. Nabil Crismat for Colombia. You've got Manny. You've got Nelson Cruz. You've got Xander Bogarts for the Netherlands. You've got Hassan Kim. You've got Seth Lugo for... Puerto Rico, of course. You've got you got to root for Puerto Rico. All sorts of things, so that's really exciting. Um for sure, but back to the topic at hand. Um I'm realizing now I don't I don't really have much more to say about this. I just think that the Padres looked at what is going on in the league right now and they think that other pitchers are going to be paid more and they think we can't really trade for one. We don't have the farm to do it and we don't want to, we don't want to blow it up and trade you know, your Hassan Kim. They didn't do that for Pablo Lopez, right? He got traded to the Minnesota Twins. That was a popular candidate for the Padres that I think made a lot of sense, and clearly they decided not to do that. Um, I don't know if those rumors were ever really all that viable, if they made a lot of sense. Uh, they made sense, but I don't know if they were, like, legitimate necessarily. He's now in Minnesota. Yeah, I imagine some names will pop up. That's what I think the Padres are betting on. They're betting on, let's do the big stars and will worry about gathering the bench pieces the tertiary pieces later and that's where it's that's where you can be critical because it's not like the Pidgers have shown that they are that good at developing or finding those tertiary players right they are not a dodgers in terms of that the tigers are very good at no matter what happens to their top guy walker buehler goes down for the year last year, and they kind of find a way to replace him. They find guys that can pitch. They find your Tyler Anderson types, Andrew Heaney types, right? Totally reasonable to fault the Padres for that. I'm wondering what this might mean about some potential breakout guys. Adrian Morejon, you know what I mean? Morejon, oh, I don't know if he's going to be a breakout guy this year. I hope he is, but maybe they have some faith that a guy like that is going to be awesome. Or maybe they have faith that they're just going to have one of the most lights-out bullpens in baseball. You Bill Krismat, guy isn't too bad, and he was really pretty pretty effective in terms of ERA last year. Love him. You've got um, Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo, if you choose to move them in the bullpen. They're probably going to be starters for now. Then you've got, obviously, Robert Suarez, who I know people were freaking out about that contract, but I think it's going to be a save. You've got Josh Hader. You've got Tim Hill, who I think can have can be expected to have a decent bounce back because Tim Hill was really wild and weird last year. I'm wondering if he was actually hurt. A little bit of a specialist, not too bad on that end, right? Drew Pomeranz, if he comes back healthy. Yeah, remember him? He's awesome when he's healthy. So I think the Padres are going to have an excellent bullpen, and that's probably what's going to be the biggest strength of their pitching staff, assuming that their starters can stay healthy and whatnot, which is still a question mark. But again, in conclusion, uh, this is like a B- B-plus for me, I know that that's a cop-out, and I know I say this with so many deals, um, with the exception of the Soto deal. I say this all the time with these deals, but I just think that it's we have not seen for sure that the Padres have had a good run of developing the back end of a rotation, finding those kind of discount guys you know, that can make up for the fact that you lose your top two or your top two start to struggle, they go down with injury, whatever it is. So you have to wonder, all right, let's see how this plays out. It's one of those things that I think we're just going to have to wait and see, right? And it's more than just Darvish. It's going to be not only does if Darvish pitches well and if he can continue this, which I think he maybe can for at least two more years. It wouldn't shock me if Darvish can do what he did last year for at least two more years until his age thirty nine season. Or is it going to be a situation where they have to start looking around and being like, "Oh no, we gotta we gotta pick off the scrap peep." Corey Kluber, come on in. You know, I mean? you know what I mean, like you have to pick up these guys that you're just hoping to give you innings. There's certainly a bad side to it, but it's about Darvish and it's about seeing if you get a Morihan, see if a Dylan Lesko and your farm system starts developing, or if there's just some other random guys that pop up. We don't know. Who knows if Jackson Merrill is on the traded block? I think he is, given AJ Prell's record. Maybe he's looking at Teams out there that we're not thinking about yet, maybe a Corbin Burns, right? You know, Corbin Burns. For some reason, the Brewers, the guy files at ten point five million, and you filed for ten million. That's how cheap the Milwaukee Brewers are. Guy who wants to sign young for you, and you're 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 bickering over five hundred K. You know what I mean? So maybe the Pirates are thinking we'll give up Jackson Merrill. Maybe we're confident some of our other breakout prospects will come up. Maybe they'll trade for Corbin Burns. I don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty with this, but overall. What I want to conclude on is this. Yu Darvish is one of the more fun pitchers and arguably my favorite pitcher in baseball because of the tinkering, because of, heck, when he was with Texas, it was so fun seeing him come over from Japan and be a star just like everyone had rumored. It is an easy guy to root for, a guy who just clearly was bothered by the disaster that was the World Series when he was with the Dodgers. Now looking back, you know, with the Astros, what happened there, right? It changes things a little bit, but he's clearly been bothered by that. So it's easy to root for him and hope. Bounce back. Do well in the postseason. Help a team win a championship. He's easy to root for, and it's so fun. All of his different pitches. he He's just one of my favorite pitchers in baseball, currently, right now. Um, And that part of it makes me very happy. And I think a lot of people feel the same. The vibes are immaculate with you, Darvish, always. Same thing for Musgrove. But and even Blake Snow, I, let's not discount the vibes of Mr. Blake Snow. I love talking about that dude he's fantastic but again um, this is a solid deal I do not love it because of the age 42 because I'm not totally sure who you were bidding against and because just plainly in general uh, you know it's not impossible he falls off we have seen what he looks like when he's poor and that is you know a little frightening a little frightening ladies and gentlemen but that's about it. I think I've recycled my points <laughs> enough time on this podcast. Uh, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. It's just, hey, you know, it's it's going to be fun to see how this transpires. Um, and I can't wait to see if we get a Manny Machado extension before opening day. That will be probably what we talk about on Monday, especially with whether or not this Darvish deal potentially impedes those negotiations. We will see um also going to be all sorts of categories and whatnot. I already told you former Padres trade targets. We're going to be doing player previews. We're going to be doing divisional crossovers, right? We're going to be doing all sorts of stuff uh, as we prepare for opening day. We're going to be recapping the dang um what's it called? World Baseball Classic because of how many Padres are there, right? Padres moments that make you upset. We're going to be talking about You know, the Padres rotation in general. We're going to be talking about the Padres lineup and Zip's projections. We're going to be talking about trade deadline talk. All sorts of stuff, ladies and gentlemen. It's fun out here. Ladies and gentlemen. But with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And at LO underscore Padres, hit me up on ISLSU accounts. Tell me what you feel about the deal. Tell me why. You know, Give me some more points, and I love to bring them up on the show, especially when we talk about the rotation. Um, maybe next week. Give me your thoughts, YouTube comments, whatever you want. Love to hear your guys' thoughts. It's always really cool when you guys comment and whatnot. Um, but until next time, stay safe. And, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.